deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch. Ball game. The Indians have won the American League pennant. The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series. Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Leading Off with Ryan Lewis. This is Ohio.com digital content editor Dan Kadar, and you guessed it, I'm joined by Ryan Lewis, the Akron Beacon Journal's tribe beat writer. Ryan, how's it going, man? It's going great. Just landed in Texas. It is 70 and sunny, oh. so sorry, uh, but but it's going well. Uh, getting close to the season. Last couple of spring training games here in Texas, and then they'll fly up to Minnesota, and uh, we'll we'll get it going. Yeah, the uh, the weather is much nicer there than here, but here's not bad right now. But opening opening day for baseball for the Indians is this Thursday in Minnesota, and then of course the home opener is on April first against the White Sox. It's on next Monday. We're recording this podcast here today on Monday, March the 25th. We're going to do a season preview kind of talk, um, what the Indians might have in store this season, what some of Ryan's thoughts are, his predictions for the year, kind of the general kind of season preview type of stuff. So, Ryan, let's let's just get going with this thing. The Indians... You know, they're, they're unquestionably one of the best teams in baseball. They've won their division three years in a row. They have maybe the best pitching rotation in baseball. They have legitimately two MVP candidates in Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez. They have a very talented team. Am I wrong, though, thinking, maybe from a fan base perspective, that there's kind of some doom and gloom that, that seems to just be hanging over this team. I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the injuries with Lindor and Jose Ramirez in spring training that just happened, which we'll probably get into, but it just kind of it feels like that there's not a ton of excitement. Am I wrong thinking that? Am I completely off base thinking that, yes, the Indians are great, but this season kind of feels like it's... Uh, not going to be a bad season, just kind of a, well, here's the Indians again. I, they're, they're fine, but it's what, I, I don't know. It just seems like there's not a super positive mood regarding the Cleveland Indians right now. Am I wrong? No, you're definitely not wrong. In a lot of cases, that's, that's kind of the feeling that um, I think is sort of permeating through the fan base right now. And I think part of it is just it, it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, the Browns have been awful forever, and they're now building up, and there's some excitement there. The Indians have been so stable and at kind of this 90 95 win level for several years now that it is sort of the status quo and in terms of maybe the slight feelings of doom and gloom or um uh, just sort of not being hyper focused on things right now from a fan base perspective i think part of it is also just that it's really easy to get used to having you know brian shaw during his prime when he turned in uh you know, five 
straight great years. It's easy to get used to having Andrew Miller there and Cody Allen. Easy to see Michael Brantley in the lineup uh, when healthy. Um, you know, there are just so many mainstays that were in Cleveland for several years who are no longer there. And I think it also sort of coincides with the fact that, you know, from starting in July of 2016, this team started spending money like it really never has before. Uh, you know, the trade for Andrew Miller wasn't just aggressive because it added $9 million in payroll. It was also aggressive in the prospect package that they gave up, which normally isn't really the Indians' M.O. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of be- began this upward climb of payroll spending, um, you know, that a lot of fans had waited a long time for. The Indians, the Indians timed it right. They were aggressive. Uh, you know, if you go back to 2015, before it started, you know, uh, Forbes does their annual evaluations every year. And you can see how much how much money each team brings in and how much of that money gets converted into payroll. Because that's kind of the important rate, more so than I think just the raw counting numbers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that rate that's so important. And at that time, you know, the Indians were spending about the same as a lot of the other smaller market teams. They were kind of right in line with their payroll and uh, you know their, their total income through baseball means, basically. And in terms of the rate, obviously the counting numbers were much different. But the Indians had nearly the identical rate of the New York Yankees at that time, just in terms of X money coming in, Y money going to the payroll. So they were about in line with, with kind of where they should be compared to other teams, at least. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that they were spending what they could. It doesn't not mean that either. It's just, just comparing it to other teams, that's kind of where they stood. Mm-hmm. So, so for about two and a half years, you know, they were spending, for the most part, above their means. And, you know... Like I said, a lot of fans have been, have been waiting for that. Edwin Encarnacion as a right-handed power bat, the largest raging contract the team had ever handed out to a player. That was sort of that, that perfect signing that people have been waiting for. So going into this year now, this team is still very talented. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, the rotation is very likely the best in, base, in baseball and, quite frankly, probably has the chance at least to be one of the top 20-ish rotations ever just in terms of pitcher war compared to what they did last year. Total strikeouts, things like that. Uh, you know, Brad Hand's an all-star closer. Lindor and Ramirez are MVP candidates. There's so much going right for this team. But there's also so many more questions. There's also been so much more turnover. Uh, that that upward climb of payroll spending was halted and scaled back at the same time as the Indians tried to focus on 2019, but also you know, 2020, 2021, 2022. And they wanted to extend this window and reallocate resources, kind of spread things around. It's just, it, it's a little different. So the Indians are still in this contention window, but it, there is a different feeling around this team. And, you know, as I wrote for the season preview that, that just ran in print uh, and is online at Ohio.com now, you know, this team is still right with the World Series contenders, but it's also a little more susceptible to a downfall, more so than in years past because of depth because of some question marks, because of some injuries that already seem to be piling up, um, even if they may not last very long, even if those guys may return to the lineup fairly soon. So still, it's it's not a good sign. And um, while, it, again, it's, it's important to kind of hold both thoughts at the same time, I think, while this team is a legitimate World Series contender, they'll probably win 90 games if they stay healthy. They'll probably win the division fairly handedly if they stay healthy. Um, that rotation in October is very dangerous. There's a lot going for them. It's just is they're sort of like a, a you know trying to balance 
on a on a wire. They're they're a little closer flying off here, and it's just a, it, it's a different feeling. And um, I think the fans have kind of taken notice of that, but also maybe just really gotten used to. You know, I I, I think a lot of fans just really got used to a certain. Uh, style of play in a certain roster, and it's it's just different this year. So at at this point, um, I don't think you're wrong, and it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. It certainly will be, and we we've kind of mentioned the what is good about this team, and one of the things that we didn't mention though is that this team is going to be fast. I mean, it's going to be one of the better base running teams in baseball, um, which is not to say. Hey, watch for a bunch of bunts and stuff like that. But right. it's just the Indians are just so very good at a very large number of things. But it seems like the the questions are to some degree overshadowing all of the good things at this point. And maybe if the Indians go to get off to a hot start to the season, people will kind of forget their their issues or their concerns about the payroll or, or whatever. But, Ryan, let me ask you, we, we've mapped out what is very good about this team. But be, at the beginning of the season right now, what is your biggest question mark? Well, all spring I thought it was going to be the outfield. Mm-hmm. And it it might still be, but right now it, at the beginning of the year, it's probably the health of the infield. Uh, Lindor and Kidness are both dealing with calf Issues and uh, Jose Ramirez fouled the ball off his left knee yesterday, and you know those are guys that the Indians can ill afford to be without for too long. Um, not really in terms of you know, well I guess sort of in terms of the division, but really when, when you're thinking about you know October, those are guys that have to be in the lineup, uh, Lindor and Ramirez especially. Um, but it's it's just a situation where there's a chance that they're only out until April fourth. And, I mean, it's still possible based on what we've been told and what we know about the status of their injuries that all three could be back and healthy and in the lineup by April 4th. And, and, I mean, that's the week into the season in this division, they're probably fine. But it just kind of reminds you sort of how this roster is a little more top-heavy than than it has been in the past. So that's what they're going to have to deal with. You know, they're going to have to get a little lucky with injuries. 162 games, it's a lot of games to get through when you need probably seven or eight specific guys to remain healthy the entire year. Um, that might be a lot to ask for, and the Indians might have to adjust and go out of their comfort zone a little bit. Um, you know, and, and one thing to kind of tie the last two things together, um, you know, the Indians could still very well be pretty active at the July 31st trade deadline. Mm. Uh, you know, waiting like they have, Yes, it's, it's unclear what they'll do at the deadline. It also allows them to kind of see what they have, see if guys take step forward, steps forward. I, you know, I mentioned the outfield. Um, they don't really know how Greg Allen is going to adjust this season, how, how he might adjust to pitchers adjusting to him. Uh, Tyler Naquin hasn't really been able to stay healthy since his rookie year long enough to gain any real momentum. You know, there, there are question marks there, and if those guys take a step forward, the Indians have a – like every team, they have X number of resources, right? They have finite amount of resources with which to build the team. So by waiting, they at least can try to maximize that and know what they have to address. I know that the bullpen is obviously another question mark in front of Brad Hand, how things play out there. You know, there, there's a lot still to sort out 
I think it's going to be sorted out during the season, almost on the fly, not that they haven't planned for it, but I think they're just going to have to see how guys react in different spots, how guys are performing, can they ride the hot hand at the time, things like that. So, um, you know, I to start the year, I'd say, you know, the, the health of the infield is still something to watch. Uh, you know, Kipnis, you know, kept saying this spring that it, you know, certain things weren't really a big deal, but, uh, you know, if, if this keeps up as a nagging injury, you know, that, that all of a sudden that does really affect them. That maybe pushes Brad Miller into a pretty significant role on this team. Mm. Uh, Lindor and Ramirez are irreplaceable in baseball. So, you know, those are things that I think they'll have to watch for, and, you know, there are other, other spots on the roster uh, that might be works in, uh, works in progress. Um, but, you know, the, the Indians still have a, a lot to sort out. There's, there's a lot still to get through. There, there certainly is, and you, you mentioned Brad Miller a little bit there, so that, that kind of leads me to the, the next question here. There, there are some new names here. I know the Indians didn't go out and spend big money like some people wanted, but you know they, they brought in Brad Miller, they brought in Jake Bowers, Jordan Luplo, uh, backup catcher and Kevin Plawecki, which is my favorite name to say on the Indians roster right now. Um, Ryan, which of, these, <laughs> which of these guys could be a breakout player? And, and, of course, they brought Carlos Santana back. I don't want to include him because I think we all know we'll get where the Indians will get with Carlos Santana. Which of the, the new players on this roster do you think could be a breakout kind of player? Uh, you know, with with that sort of framework, I, I, I might go with Jake Bowers. Mm. He's a guy that was uh, one of the Rays' um, higher thought-of prospects for quite some time. Uh, the Indians sent Yanni Diaz to Tampa Bay in that three-team trade as, you know, uh, leverage and value was kind of balanced out, and uh, the Indians added Bowers as a guy who can, he can, who can play first base. Uh, I talked to him in January, and he said that he thinks he can win a gold glove at first base if Hanley Ramirez makes the roster. Uh, Bowers will be sent out to left field. Um, in terms of how many at bats he's going to get, you know, we asked Tito that yesterday, and he mentioned that he's he's not real sure because he he doesn't want guys just to be uh, platoon bats. You know, he doesn't want Naquin and Bowers just to face right-handed pitching, and he doesn't want Allen and Luplo just to face left-handed pitching. Because yeah. uh, there is some long-term value in terms of keeping guys honest and and seeing the same handedness, although that sometimes goes against you know, trying to win all out on that night. And those are kind of the things that are, I think, tough for a manager to balance sometimes. Uh, you can't always treat every game like game seven. You're just, you're, you won't get through the season like that. And you won't be as prepared as you need to be for October. Um, so, so that's still a little bit of a question mark. But, you know, Bowers is a guy that the Indians have quite a bit invested in now. Uh, he was pretty highly thought of. He, you know, at, at AAA, he had pretty even splits against righties and lefties. Um, had some su- success in his rookie season last year in Tampa. Um, some good stretches, some bad. So it's it, there's some progression there that the Indians are kind of counting on. You know, and Carlos Gonzalez and Henry Ramirez are other guys to watch. Um, Ramirez is, I'll say, in line to make the team, but the Indians have kind of kept the door open uh, in, in case they make a move. Carlos Gonzalez has an opt-out on April 20th, so he'll likely be joining the team around that time uh, if all goes well. Um, so there are a lot of guys. Bowers, I think, would be kind of a pick if you're going to find a guy who you can, uh, you know, get some unforeseen value in. It's, it's probably Jake Bowers. Hmm. I did mention Carlos Santana. 
um, on a team that that lost a couple players, particularly Edwin Encarnacion. Um, what does Carlos Santana mean for the locker room? Like, I, to me, I kind of equate this to kind of low-key Victor Martinez, like when, when the Indians traded him a long time ago. I really thought that was a, a bad move, if only for the, the, the locker room. Obviously, he's a great player on the field, but I thought it had a big locker room effect. Is Carlos Santana a locker room boost kind of player? What does he mean for the team as a whole and not just on the field? Well, he's probably one of those guys that, you know, if you're a manager, if you're on the coaching staff or in the front office, they, you probably wouldn't mind if some of the younger players watched what he did hmm. and emulated that and, you know, kind of worked in that same line, you know, with a, a Carlos Santana, a guy who, you know, Tito really likes. The coaching staff likes Santana. Um, he's a guy who will hit anywhere in the lineup. He's a guy who just wants to be in the lineup. He wants to play every single day. There was that report that he smashed uh, TV in Philly last year because yes. guys were playing video games during games. Uh-huh. Um, hopefully, he doesn't mind that Jose Ramirez plays Mario Kart before games. So we'll see if the uh, that arcade kind of area of the clubhouse kind of stays intact. Uh, but you know, he's he's one of those guys that, in terms of unselfishness, in terms of just wanting to be in the lineup every single day, just play him somewhere every day. And he'll be fine. Um, he's he's rarely been hurt. He's for the most part been a very consistent player in terms of the numbers that he's going to put up. So he's, he's, I imagine he's one of those guys that the Indians wouldn't mind if some of the younger players looked up to and kind of said, "Okay, so this is how this is how things should be done." Yeah, if nothing else, just from a watching pitches standpoint, I mean, Carlos Santana still has one of the better eyes in baseball for. You know what he's being thrown. I, I've always been a Carlos Santana fan. I know some Indians fans aren't just because they look at his average and you know the weird stuff when he was leading off for a time. And I don't know. I, I've always been a big Carlos Santana fan myself, so I'm excited that yeah, he, I, he's back. I understand that it, it it might be hard for a lot of fans. Might have a really hard time getting past that batting average, which is understandable. Um, you know, if you're expecting a guy to be one of the bigger hitters in your lineup, uh, you know that can be hard to get past. But um, he's he has such an, an elite batting eye and such a uh, consistent way of getting on base or pattern of just getting on base, walking around a hundred times a year, every mm-hmm. single year, and that brings value to a lineup. You know, we, when you can get on base at that high of a clip every year, that's going to bring a lot of value. Uh, you know, even if uh, the averages are going to be as high as some people want. Some other things might not kind of pan out uh, like a prototypical first baseman DH, but he brings a lot of value to the team. He, and and he's consistent, which is kind of, in a lot of ways, all you can really ask for. It really is. Um, moving on, we'll speed things up here a little bit because we're starting to get kind of long. Um, real quick, the bullpen, were you surprised that it's so similar to last year? A lot of the same names back there. You mentioned Brad Hand, Adam Simbers in there. Dan Otero, Tyler Olson, Neil Ramirez, Oliver Perez, John Edwards. A lot of names we're used to seeing. Are you surprised uh, new players didn't break through into the into the bullpen? Surprised, no. Uh, you know, there's a chance that the Indians may have retained Andrew Miller or Cody Allen just looking at, at the, the numbers games and the offers that they got. But when it all comes down to it, that those are still fairly aggressive signings. 
And, you know, Cody Allen wasn't the same pitcher he was last year for much of the year. Andrew Miller was on the disabled list. I call the injured list, so I'm trying to make sure I, I keep yes. that straight. Um, you know, M- Miller was hurt for much of the year. So those are uh, fairly risky signings. Um, doesn't mean the Indians shouldn't have done it. But, no, I'm not really surprised. Um, you know, they, uh, they seem to think highly of John Edwards, who – is coming back from a long injury history and if not for that may have been on the playoff roster for the ALDS last year mm. uh, Adam Simber I think that will I think is the belief is that they will he will give them more than what he gave them uh, he was much better in San Diego before the trade um, and he was sort of used slightly differently and it, it seemed to affect him a little bit um, so you know I, I think they're gonna they're gonna see how things can can be pieced together but no not too surprising just knowing what the Indians goals were this offseason and um, you know how they wanted to reallocate resources that they they didn't go hard after after that tier of of, uh, of reliever. Hmm. You know, since we're doing a a season preview podcast here on the the leading off with Ryan Lewis show, we do have to talk about some some season predictions, and these ran in Sunday's paper. I'm I'm pretty sure we have them online over at Ohio.com/slash/Indians. If not, I'll I'll get them there, and if, if anybody's listening still, I'll make sure to link to all the great stuff that Ryan and our folks uh, published so far in regard to kind of season preview type of stuff. But, Ryan, your record prediction is 91-71. and 71. You think the Indians will win the Central, but you don't have them going further than that. Um, our colleagues, Marla Reidenauer, Rich Stallsmith, and Scott Fagerstrom, they all also think the Indians will win the Central. None of them think the Indians will win the World Series. What's up with that? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure people aren't pleased to see that we're we're all pretty heavy on on the Yankees this year. But yeah, you know they the Yankees added quite a bit. That bullpen is lethal, and their rotation is much better. And they've still got those boppers in the middle of the lineup, and I can't believe I just said boppers. It's 1925 again. Wow. But but it, it's a very talented team. They're going to have the resources to add at the deadline as much as just about any, any other team that, that is expected to be contending. Again, though, you know, that, that's not to say that it, it's anything really against the Indians. It, that, it, this rotation in October is, is very, very dangerous for this Indian team. Uh, you know, it's a situation where, you know, Kluber hasn't really been right last two postseason start that he's made. Um, you could really even go back last three. You know, um, you know, Bauer's been been okay. Uh, Carrasco's actually been pretty strong. Um, but you know, it's it's three guys who, who could always get hot, and that's what the Indians are going to have to count on in, in October. They're kind of, you know, Ed, the trend recently has been to put higher leverage innings. And, and leave that to your bullpen, and don't, don't let your starter get too far into the game. And the Indians may have to sort of revert back to an old school philosophy, just just based on the construction of their roster. Um, so you know that's that's going to be a real key component in October, along with you know the health, like, like we've talked about. But the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, and the Indians are clearly, you know, I, I, I think the class of the American League. Um, so I, October will be pretty brutal. Um, no matter what, mm. but unions are right there. I think they might have just about the easiest path 
to October as long as they stay healthy. So, you know, getting there is the first step. You know, the second step is just kind of seeing how a, a strange five-game series can turn out, which the Indians have seen it's gone both ways for them in terms of expectations and injuries and everything. So, you know, it, we'll see. There's, there's a long way to go. For the record, I just want to put this out there into the world. You, you went with 91 and 71. I'm going to say 89 and 73 is the record. And I'm going to I'm going to shock you right now, Ryan. I'm going to say I'm going to put this out there. Mike Clevenger wins the AL Cy Young Award. I'm a big fan of Mike That's Clevenger. Yes. Look, he, yeah, he he had a tremendous year. Yeah. I mean, he's really established himself as one of the one of the better pitchers in the American League. There's, there's really no doubt about it. Yeah, he he is low key. I I don't know how other people around the country consider him, but he is low-key a star pitcher, I think. Um, so that, that's my that's my pick. I, I think the Indians will win the Central. And I, I think I think the Astros are going to win the World Series. They're just so talented and smartly run franchise. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of Leading Off with Ryan Lewis. You can find all of Ryan's stuff and more over at Ohio.com slash Indians. And you can follow Ryan on Twitter. He's at by Ryan Lewis. Again, opening day is Thursday. We're going to have a special section in the newspaper over the weekend about the Indians coming up. As Ryan mentioned, there was everything that ran in the paper this past Sunday that that was really great. Um, And we'll link that all on the podcast today on the post for it. So that's going to do it for the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.